I love that man. Not ashamed to say it. He's awesome. All right, so I'm going to do my best to not, like, spit pits out. Like, I have a chew cup up here for my pits, and I'm grabbing a couple of, of cherries. Somebody want to, Kendall, you want to just pass these around and let people take them? The plate is cracked. Please be careful. Awesome. It's not a setup. It's not a setup. All right, while Kendall is doing that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your peace that is all-encompassing, that, that covers our anxiety, that covers our fear, that brings us into union with you and union with each other. And uh, Father, I pray that as we unpack your peace and, and what does it mean and how do we, how do we experience it, that you would come and meet with us. Um, you've already been here in our worship this morning. And uh, Lord, we're just so um, amazed at you, at your presence and at your love and your peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So when we started the series, I don't know, I don't remember if um, Stacy talked about fruit. Did you talk about fruit last week for, the, for joy? Oh, ch- today is cherries. She didn't. Okay. So uh, when we talked about love, the, the fruit for, for love is the fruit of the Spirit was strawberries. Um, and if, if you had uh, anyone buy you a chocolate-covered strawberry this past weekend for Valentine's Day, there were lots of strawberries in our house this weekend. Um, but, but if we were going to find a fruit for peace, it would be cherries. And here's why. Um, because peace uh, is, is equivalent to a cherry as a proven fact, according to the Internet, because the Internet is true, uh, like everything that you read on the Internet is true. I, one of my favorite commercials was that girl who was talking to a guy and about how um, you know, she, she learned it on the Internet, and, and he says to her, not everything that you find on the Internet is true. And she said, oh, no, it is. And, and look, here comes my boyfriend. And this guy comes walking up, and he is uh, interesting. And she says, this is my boyfriend. He's a French model. And he is neither a model, nor is he French, as he says, bonjour, to this boyfriend. Right? But because it's on the Internet, it must be true. Um, well, no, here's the thing that's pretty amazing about cherries. Um, cherries actually can help calm your nervous system. That the, the antioxidants, uh, the, the two important flavonoids that act as antioxidants, actually work to eliminate the byproducts of stress. That when you have stress in your body, it creates these things uh, that, that cause oxidation. And the, the things that are in cherries actually are antioxidant. They actually alleviate those chemicals in your body. Supposedly, they will also help you sleep. And sleep is probably the most peaceful thing that I can think of. So if you are struggling with sleep, grab a bowl of cherries. Um, so that's why we have cherries today. So I know that not everyone is a fan of cherries. Uh, I personally love cherries. and was very excited when I found out that peace was cherries. And I'm like, we are going to have cherries at church on Sunday. Um, when we talk about peace, 
uh, at Christmas time, we did a series where we walked through the different characteristics uh, during the Advent season, and we talked about hope and joy, and we talked about peace. And so I, I'm not going to re-preach that message on peace, um, but when we say the word peace, the Bible uses the word uh, in the, the language of Hebrew um, called shalom. Anybody heard that word before? Shalom. And, and sometimes we hear that word in the context of a greeting, that, that when people in the Bible would greet each other, they would say shalom to you, or they would use it. It's, it's kind of like the Hebrew aloha. It's hello, it's goodbye. But shalom is so much more than that. It's not just, uh, I hope that you have peace, or peace be with you. Uh, in, in many churches, there is a, a greeting that, that happens in the course of the, the worship service where you, you are giving peace and you walk around and you shake people's hands and you say, I, I don't know, they don't say it that way anymore, but it used to be in the Catholic Church, peace be with you and peace be with you and peace be with you. And there's a different thing that they say now. I don't know what it is, but yeah, something. Um, but the, the understanding of the meaning of the word shalom is not absence of conflict. Um, it is not the absence of conflict. Because we think that peace is there will be no fighting. right? And so I wish peace on you, that there's no fighting in your marriage. Um, it's one of those things that's amazing to me that whenever uh, I prepare a message like this on peace, that uh, I wake up on a Sunday morning and there is no peace. Things that you were like, you're talking about the same thing. And you're like, how, this should not be a difficult conversation because we're in agreement and we're talking about the same thing. And still, it's like neither of us this morning were at peace, were we? For a moment. But here's the beautiful thing about the word shalom. Because shalom does not mean absence of conflict, shalom means to be complete. And so, so when, when they, the Hebrews, when, when God uh, created the world, he, he said that it was good and that it was complete. And, and Jesus says that I, my peace I give you, not absence from conflict, but I give you my completeness. And so we weren't on the same page this morning as we were talking about finances, which is what normally happens when couples talk about finances. Uh, you are not in unity. You are not in completeness. You are at... <laughs> and we weren't even arguing about anything. It, we were literally, we were arguing about tithing. Not that we should tithe or that we shouldn't tithe, but how to tithe. And we probably spent 40 minutes saying the same thing to each other. I'm like, why are we fighting? Why is this so difficult? And, and then I realized, like, oh, it's because I'm talking about peace today. And, and the enemy does not want me to be at peace. And so then we get here, and I'm like, okay, now it's going to be good, right? Now we, can, now we can unpack peace, and it's going to be awesome. And I walk over to the computer, and Bruce says, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's a PC and not a Mac. And there's part of the problem. And 
for those of you that are PC people, I'm sorry. Um, but four reboots and two updates later, uh, we finally got, the, and as, as I am, um, and, and Bruce, we finally got our, our overhead presentation program to work. Um, and then he comes to me again because it's still broken. We do not have Shalom in the sound booth. We are not complete because uh, the ladies' fight club image won't show on the screen. And because and the ladies have, guys have our fight club kickoff this weekend. Um, and then the ladies also have Women of Virtue, which is kind of like the, the girl, the ladies' version of Fight Club, is also this weekend. And the slide won't show on the screen. And I know that if I don't get that slide up on the screen, Alyssa and I are not going to have Shalom. And so I am fighting with the computer. Why will it not show this image? And, and, the, and, and every moment I'm just kind of like I'm getting angrier and I'm getting angrier and I'm getting angrier at this dumb computer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're talking about peace. I have to take a breath and not smash the computer uh, with a hammer. Um, because peace is that deep well of confidence that God is who he says he is. And that he will do what he says he will do, regardless of our circumstances and what they look like. I love that song, that, that it, it may not look like you're working, but you're working. It may not feel like you're working, but you're working. I know it. That's peace. And peace comes from resting in the promises of God. It's choosing to come together. It's choosing to work together for a common goal instead of insisting on our own way. Peace is often unexplainable. It's incomprehensible because it's contrary to our nature. Because our nature is selfish. Our nature wants what we want. And, and, and so, come hell or high water, I want what I want, not what you want. And we don't have peace. And it's one of those things, you know when you have it, and you absolutely know when you don't, right? It's one of those intangible things, but you know when it's missing, and you know when it's there. And so, I, I don't know, anybody remember the, watching the uh, Miss America pageants? Anybody ever watch Miss America pageants, and they ask them, if you could have one thing in this world, what would it be? And the answer is, world peace. Right? It's, it's the, the, the go-to answer. Um, if you could have anything that you want, what would you want? It's peace. And, and we do. We want peace in our marriages. We want peace in our families. We want peace in our workplaces and in our country and in our world. And yet, in our country, we have the most advanced medical institutions uh, on the planet. We have more resources. We have more people that are available to provide support um, to, to, to people, to, to marriages and to families and, and, and amazing communication abilities. And yet with all of those things, most people are missing peace. There are broken marriages. There are split families. There is financial anxiety. As a nation, we are unsettled. And we can get peace, or we, we can try to get peace, 
in, in lots of ways, right? We, we go through a lot of crazy things in our lives to try to find peace. And, and as Americans, we're really good at finding peace through escapism, right? Because if I am, if I am overwhelmed with what's going on in my life, I can go to a store and I can buy a bottle and if I drink the contents of that bottle, pretty soon I won't remember what it is I am struggling with. Or I can go find someone who will sell me a product and I will take that pill or smoke that whatever. And, and in, a, in a few minutes after taking that, I will not be worried about anything because I am not feeling anything. Right? We use alcohol. We use drugs. We use immoral relationships we use here's a here's a hard one we use constant entertainment we never let the tv turn off and and now it's not just it's not just the tv because now it's on our phones and so we don't have to be crowded around the one tv in the house like when i was a kid there was only one tv in the house and and there was never peace because we could never agree on what to watch, right? And, and, and back then, there, there weren't even that many channels. We had five channels, right? Or if, if you had cable, and you had that big, giant, honking box with all the buttons, and, and then if you were a, a, a kid who was up to no good, you figured out that if I pushed number 7 and number 11 at the same time, I could get HBO on Scramble Vision by, like, tricking the box. Um, because we didn't, we weren't allowed to have HBO in our house, or 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 that I remember waiting for MTV to come, and for the weeks leading up to MTV, they would just run this ad, this banner. It was a blue screen that MTV was coming, and MTV was coming, and MTV was coming, and my and my mother was like, "You are not going to watch that show. You're not going to watch that channel. That's we don't know what it is, but you're not going to watch it." And and then it came, and we were just like. This is amazing. And, and my brother would make sure that my mom knew every time we were watching MTV uh, because it wasn't what he wanted to watch. Um, shalom, completeness, unity. We did not have it. Um, but even now, now it's not just the box because we all have it on our devices. And so now we don't even have to be in the same room, but we are constantly filling our space and our time and our minds with, YouTube videos and video games and, and all and not to say that those things are bad, but we can use them to numb our pain, to try to provide uh, a, a self-medicated peace. Because if I can get immersed in a show that I'm not thinking about the fight that I had with my coworker or with my brother or my sister or my wife, and it's not real peace. It's a false substitute. And we can choose to have true peace. That's what the Holy Spirit is offering us. That's what Paul is saying in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, when he's talking about these fruits of the Spirit that we get to experience when we abide, when we are connected to the vine, that we get to experience in our lives His love and His joy and His peace and His patience, and His kindness, and His goodness, and His gentleness, and His faithfulness, and His self-control. Not mine. 
not adding to a list of self-accomplishments and saying, look, cha-ching, I have goodness, I have faithfulness, I have peace. They're not ours. They're His. And that peace means to be in harmony with God, to be connected, and it's supernatural. We can't come up with it on our own. The Apostle Paul knew this peace. He suffered greatly because he loved the Lord and he loved God's truth and his commitment to following Christ. And, and yet, in, in all of his adversity and all the things that Paul went through, you know, and we think about all the things that, that we deal with in life, and we're like, man, this is, this is hard. This is tough. Um, but Paul, uh, because of his faith in Christ, it sent him to jail. Anyone here been to jail because you were a follower of Christ? Because you were a follower of Christ. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Thank you, Scott. Um, she does that. She does that. But, but because he was preaching the gospel of Christ, he gets imprisoned. Um, he was uh, stoned. Anybody here been stoned? No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Not that kind of stoned. Stoning, stoning in Paul's story was you were you were the you were the target of rock dodgeball, and they would throw rocks at you until you were dead or unconscious, and and they would keep throwing stones until all that was left is a pile of stones, and it was meant to be a, a marker that you were left there outside of town, by the side of the road, so that when people would walk in and out of town, they would see the pile of stones and say, that's, that's what happens to guys who get themselves in trouble. Not the good kind. Well, not that being stoned is good. Um, but the, the temporary pleasure of being stoned. It feels good, uh, but it's not lasting. And so Paul was stoned. Anyone been stoned like Paul? No, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, anyone been left for dead on the side of the road? No? Okay. All right. So I'm just trying to give us some comparison of, of the things that we go through and the things that Paul went through and understanding the peace that Paul had. Going through way more difficult things than I think we have ever thought of. Anyone ever been scourged by the Romans? No? You've never been uh, strung up onto a post and then uh, beaten with a cord of whips by a really big, strong Italian guy? Where'd Matt Pescarella go? Um, a, a mad Italian who is ticked off. He misses his family, and he's stuck in this smelly, hot place. Uh, he doesn't want to be here, and his tour of duty, it just it never seems to end. And now he's going to vent all of his frustration and anger on this Jewish guy who's causing problems. Scourged. And he says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. He says, And we know that in all things, being imprisoned, being stoned, being left for dead, being scourged, being shipwrecked, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. 
Now, here's the conditions that Paul's laying out here for us to understand God's peace. Number one, you must love God. You've got to know that you love God. You know, here's the thing. We can't love him until he loves us first. And that's the beauty of the whole story is that he loved us first. If you, if you see anything uh, on our website or in anything that we print, the, the purpose of LifeQuest is that everyone who attends LifeQuest, everyone who is impacted by LifeQuest, is that they will know that they will discover God's love and they will discover God's purpose for their lives. Right? That's why we exist as a church. And this verse sums that up. It, it says that we know that in all things God works for good to those who love him. We love him. We discover his love because he loved us first and then we love him back. And who have been called according to his purpose. That he's got a purpose for your life. That you are not useless. That he has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And when, when we are in that shalom, that completeness, when we, have, when we recognize his love for me and we recognize his purpose for me, you are called according to his purpose and you are fitting into his plan and his perfect will for your life and you will be at peace. There's nothing else could shake it when you are confident in his love and confident in your purpose. That's what it means to walk in peace. But so many of us reject God's peace because we are selfish. We want what we want. We don't want to submit to His will. We don't want to submit to uh, living according to His word. Because it's hard. Sometimes it, it means we have to make some difficult choices. Sometimes it means we don't get to do what we want when we want. In these days of uncertainty and distress, will you receive Christ's peace? We have to receive it. We have to invite Him into our lives. I love this. This is a quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, Life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. What's that? When we, are, when we are in His love and we are living according to His purpose, it doesn't mean everything's going to be unicorns and fluffy bunnies. It means that in your difficulty, His peace covers it. And no matter what you're experiencing, again, uh, none of us here today have been shipwrecked or scourged or stoned or left for dead. When we think about our difficulties, um, they pale in comparison to Paul's. And yet he could say things like this in Romans 8, 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, understand that that leads to death. But letting the Spirit control... So, let me back up. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. He said this to the Philippians. He said, uh, this letter is from Paul and Timothy. We're slaves of Christ. He understood who he was. 
And he said, I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and the deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So, when we think about how, how does this work, how do we receive his peace? And we talk about bearing fruit and, and being connected to him. The John 15, where we're using this whole metaphor of, of connecting to the vine and abiding and remaining and being in Christ is a powerful metaphor. It's, it's actually that phrase, in Christ, is used in the New Testament 175 times. That's a lot. And, and when God repeats things in the Bible, we should pay attention. And, and so being in Christ means that no fruit will be produced in your life apart from being in Christ. So we need to stay connected. We need to stay uh, remaining. And again, it's just it's mind-boggling to me that with all the things that we have available to us in, in our culture, in our country, that more than 30% of the people that you come in contact with, probably that statistic's higher, suffer from crushing depression and anxiety. And that stat is not unique um, to the outside world. There are just as many people who struggle and fight with crushing anxiety and depression in the church as well as outside the church. So what are, what are some ways that we can, we can combat this anxiety and this feeling of being stressed out because it will, will eat you up. It will eat you up. I want to give you a tool um, that, we can, that we can use, that as Christians, and, and this is a thing too that, that's hard, because as Christians, depression and anxiety is worse because we set ourselves up to say, well, I, as a Christian, I'm supposed to have my act together and still I struggle with anxiety and depression it must mean that I'm not a good enough Christian. Or it must mean that God's not really who he says he is because if he was going to actually show up and do something, why do I feel as bad as I feel? And so we beat ourselves up twice as hard as those who don't have Christ because people outside of Christ are just kind of like, yeah, I'm depressed. But as Christians, we beat ourselves up even more. So there's all kinds of things mental health professionals suggest, right? They, they suggest uh, exercise and diet, uh, find a life coach. But two of the most common suggestions that mental health experts give are, number one, find a place to be quiet. And number two, take some deep breaths, right? Anybody in, in that moment of, like, I, it was, there was a moment back at the computer where I stopped and turned to Bruce and I was like, okay, cleansing breath because I'm going to smash this computer into oblivion. Um, so how do we how do we apply that to to trusting in in God? And so what I want to encourage you to do this week, if you're struggling with anxiety, I want to encourage you to do these four things. And it's a really really old practice that has a cool Latin name. It's called lectio divina, and it just means sacred reading. And, and it has four parts. You ready for it? This is where you can take notes. First part is read. Second part is think. Third part is pray. 
And the fourth part is rest. And what you're going to do is you're going to take a passage of Scripture. It doesn't have to be a long passage of Scripture. Just one verse. Maybe a couple of verses. And I want you to sit quietly and read that passage from beginning to end without stopping. And when you finish, do it again. Read it through three or four times. So the read part is is asking God to open the eyes of your heart and, and meet with you as you're reading that passage of Scripture. It can be out of Proverbs. It can be out of Psalms. It could be some any of the verses that I'm sharing with you this morning that we'll get to in a second. Then the think part, the second part comes in. This is what you do when you think. What is God saying to me in this verse? What is this What is this speaking to me? How does it encourage me? How does it help me understand God better? How does it help me live my life better today than I did yesterday? And and what does it teach me about the character of God? What does it teach me about who I am or how He sees me? So read, think, pray. Take that verse that you are reading and turn it into a prayer. Sometimes if you're reading a psalm or you're reading a proverb, um, you can take it and and insert your name into it and and say, God, um, help me to to do this. Help me. In in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says this. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Isn't that beautiful? So you take that verse and say, God, you said that I, you're leaving me this gift. You're giving me peace of mind and, and peace in my heart. I don't feel like I have any. I don't have either of those. Jesus, help me. You say that the peace that you give is a gift the world can't give. And so you want me to be, to be untroubled, to be unafraid. Jesus, help me. Have your peace. Pray that verse. Turn the verse that you read into a prayer. So read, think, pray, and then the last one is rest. Sit for a couple of minutes or more in God's presence and just breathe. Take what you read. Try not to, and I'm not trying to to say empty your mind, but just, just, Sit and allow the Holy Spirit to bring His peace into your life and just breathe. If your mind starts to wander, pray this prayer. Lord, I receive your peace. As my mind tries to go in a different direction or as the enemy is trying to distract you, Lord, I receive your peace. And Just sit there and rest and breathe give you some verses that you can do that with. John 14, 27, I just gave you. Here's another one. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's a good verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3-8. through 
Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep in your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you'll earn a good reputation. One of my favorite verses, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. You know, uh, Caleb was talking about how do we experience that peace when people have wronged us? How do we how do we know that peace? I, this story just absolutely blew me away. Um, there's a, a family, the the Grossmayers. Uh, Kate is the mom, and she described how she and her husband went through the process of forgiving their teen daughter's murderer. Her boyfriend murdered their daughter. And they, they went through the, a restorative justice process with him that actually helped to determine his prison sentence and advocated for the same kind of sentencing across the justice system. And, and this is one of the, the questions that was asked as they interviewed her. They said, how did your understanding of God change after Anne's death? She said this. She said, I considered how powerful God is and how amazing his grace is in our life. That he would allow me to forgive Connor and live at peace with regards to what happened. Can't imagine. Can't imagine. God is so good that he can change our hearts towards those who would do evil to us. When we've sinned against him, he sent his son to pay the way for our forgiveness. love this. I'm going to close with this. Um, when we put our trust in Him, when we are consistently putting His Word in our hearts, that this week, as, as I encourage you to, to, to be in your Bible, whether it's you're reading your Bible before you get up, or you're reading your Bible before you go to bed, or you're joining us in any of the, the Bible reading plans, or you, you choose to do the, the read, think, pray, rest, exercise this week. When we do that, when we are filled up with His Word, that wisdom that that God gives us helps bring rest and peace. I I love this story. Uh, March is coming, and and so uh, St. Patrick's Day is is on the horizon, and lots of people are excited about drinking green beer. Um, I don't know why. That just seems gross to me. Um, But here's the thing that's so cool. Um, Because when we live wisely, when we live according to God's Word, it helps us avoid all kinds of anxiety because we're putting our trust in a source that's true. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 23 through 26, it talks about how wisdom will keep us safe and that we will sleep sweetly because we will not be afraid. So St. Patrick as a great example of this, um, because he's famous. He spread the gospel all over the, the islands of, of Ireland. And at the time, Ireland was divided by all of these warring clans, all of these tribes. 
these families that hated each other, and they were constantly raiding each other and stealing children and kidnapping them to be slaves in their tribe, and then you would steal their kids back. And, and you, you, they constantly was just this constant fighting among the clans. And it was literally so bad in Patrick's time that um, after spending all day fighting and fearing for their lives, many Irishmen could not rest without drinking themselves into unconsciousness because it was the only way that they could sleep. And the Irish people noticed that Patrick would just go home and go to sleep. And, and so uh, they, they, they noticed how soundly that Patrick slept. And he was, here's the thing, Patrick was constantly confronting kings, these, these, these clan kings, these leaders of the squads, constantly in confrontation with these guys. He should be afraid. He was constantly confronting Druid priests who were preaching and, 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 and participating in, in pagan worship and, and bringing the truth of the gospel to these people who threatened to kill him. And they, they feared him, they hated him. And yet, every single night, he slept soundly like a person without fear. Because Patrick knew God's love and he knew God's purpose for his life. And no matter what happened to him in his physical body, God had him. And that's how we that's how he experienced peace. It's how Paul experienced peace. It's how we can experience God's peace no matter what's going on. Like C. S. Lewis said, Life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. Father, I know that there are folks in this room that the word peace, the idea of peace, feels like a foreign language because it's been a long time since they felt peace. Father, I pray that today, Lord, as we have been in your presence, your peace is here. And we don't have to walk out of this room and leave your peace here. We can carry your peace with us to the car and to home and to work and to school because your peace is wherever you are. So Father, I pray that if there are those here this morning that are struggling with anxiety and stress and they don't sense your peace, that today you would help them to carry it with them from here. Lord, I pray that you would bring your peace into marriages. You would bring your peace into families. You would help us to hold on to you and to remain in Christ and in your word so that you can lavish your peace and your love on us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Peace be with you. Uh, guys, don't forget, uh, Friday night is the Fright Club kickoff, um, and uh, ladies, the Women of Virtue kickoff is on Saturday, so I uh, hope that you guys can make it to both of those. Blessings.